1: Welcome to the Principal PLN Podcast, hosted by Dr. Spike Cook, Jessica Johnson, and Teresa Stagger. Principal PLN is a weekly roundtable discussion about current topics in educational leadership. Be sure to follow our hosts on Twitter, at Dr. Spike Cook, at Principal J, and at Principal Stagger. There are many great ways to contact the PLN. Follow the hashtag PrincipalPLN or at PrincipalPLN on Twitter. You can also search and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. All links can be found online at PrincipalPLN.com.
2: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Principal PLN podcast. We are so excited to be here today. Unfortunately, though, it's just Teresa and I. So Jessica had uh, something come up, and uh, you're stuck with just Teresa and I. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Just us. <laughs> she had a sick munchkin. You guys know how that goes.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: So she's uh she's bummed, but hopefully she'll be good and back for the next one. We were actually talking about recording one tonight so that she can be on too. So, oh, yeah. I think you might have missed that part. Spike.
2: Sorry. <laughs> In the flashes of Voxes that were yeah going through this morning. Yeah, it's crazy this morning.
1: So we are now well well. I am now well into the school year, I'm, I've am i just ended week two, and Spike, you've ended week one, is that right?
2: Actually, sort of like day three we day. ended.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, we've ended day eight. That's about the same way because yeah. we have a couple okay. four-week weeks. But okay. um, And then Jess has also finished her beginning of the year. So we've all done our staff meetings, our professional development, and then first couple days with kids. So I think that's kind of what we were going to focus on today. And we've got a today's meet up. If you are listening live, feel free to jump in. It is todaysmeet.com slash principal PLN six, two. So the number six, two, um, because I think that this is episode 62. I didn't check before I said the, (laughs) before I said the meet, but, um, so go ahead and jump in, and the room will be live, I think, for at least a week. So if you are listening to this later, feel free to jump in, too. Uh, so, Spike, tell us how it went.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I think it was a really good uh, opening for our school. Um, you know, if I put it in perspective, you know, it's the 86th opening of our school. Now, I've only done five of those, but – Right. Uh, right. I, <laughs> when you put it in that kind of perspective, it's like, wow, we've we've had quite a lot of openings here. So um, now I would say, you know, backing up a little bit, and I know we talked about this, like leading up to the uh, opening of school, I really tried to, you know, have a different focus this year. Uh, There's so many different times that I would be you know, um, like the day before teachers are coming, which for principals is really like the first day. And I definitely want to spend some time talking about that. Um, you know, I'd be at work until eight, nine, maybe 10 o'clock, really just getting things together and making sure that everything is perfect. And I didn't do that this year. I just said, I'm, I'm going to work on my work-life balance.
1: So yeah, um, that's something that um, Jess, Spike, and I have all really been spending a lot of time focusing on and working on because it can get really, really overwhelming, really overwhelming. And so, um, you know, a lot of what we talked about over the summer just between the three of us was trying to figure out that balance and getting it um, so that we're not at work until nine o'clock at night and you're not taking all this work home. And, and when you're home, you're spending time with family and you're not, you know, working. So that's really great.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I I think part of that is just from everything that I've learned from talking with you all about, you know, what, like, how can we balance this out, you know, moving forward? And how, how can we look at this more as a marathon than a sprint? Because I think, and we've talked about this a lot of times, but I think, you know, involvement in social media, being a young, new principal, you know, all these things lend itself to quick uh 24 7 access brain is always going very difficult to shut down and i think it was like in the spring when we really started to um you know kind of stumble upon mindfulness talk about more of that that balance um because it's really it's really difficult um because i think partly we really love our jobs and we love what we're doing and we want to do the best that we can at it and i'll tell you there's many hours that you can do that. <laughs> so, um, so that was my, my sort of my, my lead up. What, what was your lead up like?
1: Um I mean, you know, mine was a little bit different. We, we started back August 10th and then the teachers came back the 17th. And so I had professional development that week, but our first day of school was a Tuesday. And the day before the first day of school, I was at work. Um, and then my husband sent me a message at about 10 in the morning. And so that his grandfather who had been in the hospital was going downhill pretty quickly so I left and went up to the hospital where he eventually passed away. And so we were with family all night and I, my mom came down and watched the kids and uh, she got them ready for the first day of school and then we, you know, we came in and I got, we got home about 9.30, 10 o'clock the night before the first day of school. So I really wasn't in wow. the building at all the day before or, or really the, the couple days before because, you know, I hadn't been there since Friday. And then, um, and then we had school Tuesday and Wednesday. And then I was out for the funeral and the services Thursday and Friday. I missed the, um, I missed our our meet the teacher night, which I I really struggled. And this is kind of part of that work life balance too, because we had a lot of changes in our building this year. There was a lot of, um, we combined a lot of classes. We had a dip in enrollment. So it was something that I felt was really really important to make sure that I was at but then the more I thought about it it was like no I need to be with my family here right and I talked to you know in a catholic school I talked to the priest I talked to the parish uh, secretary and I said you know I'm I'm struggling with this because I'm going to be out all day Thursday and because it's so far away I can't come back that was the mm-hmm. thing is that it's just it was just too far away we had to stay up there and And uh, I said, do you think it's going to look weird if I'm not at Meet the Teacher? And she said, I think it's going to look weird if you are.
2: (laughs) Oh, wow. That's a good way of looking at it.
1: Yeah. So that made it much, much easier. And, you know, I I didn't catch any, um, you know, any pushback. I didn't get any negative comments about it. So that really helped. But I think, and, you know, my husband and I talked about it. And he's like, well, you know, you need to do what you have to do. And I said, but I f- I feel like, you know, I will I will not be happy if I meet the teacher, but I think that it's going to bother me a whole lot longer if I'm not at, you know, the viewing. Yeah. And that was kind, of, you know, so it kinda of, it was like, no, you know, I need to be there for you. I wanna I wanna be there. And so it's a but, you know, it can be really tough when your when your job and your personal life, when things two things that are I mean, it's a funeral. That's not going to happen again. Right, you know, that's it. Like this is the last, yeah. the last thing. So yeah. it's hard when something like that falls on something that's really important to your school community because you have to make that choice. But in the end, you know, you have to do as an administrator what's best for you, what for your building and your community. But you also have to do what's best for you, and you have to weigh those, you know, carefully and and make that decision. And I I feel really really blessed that it wasn't an issue
2: yeah it sounds like it wasn't and i know you know we've been talking you know all throughout that process and and it was really difficult but i I think what happens is um that you know you set a precedent there too like you are sending a message you know how important family is and and knowing you and and the work that you do like if that was happening to a teacher you would be right in there probably leading their meet the teacher night you know so i I think, um, I think you definitely, you know, definitely made the right decision. And I think um, probably sent a really good, healthy message to everybody else that, you know, that you weren't going to drive all over Michigan and the, you know,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) spend
2: some time with with your family. Um, But it it can, you know, certainly put a damper on, on the opening. So, um, so now that you've been in you know, you have, you've been back in and you got eight days on your belt. What, what has, have those days been like? How's your 15, 16 year getting started?
1: You know what? It's getting started really, really well. And a lot of my teachers and I have been having this discussion that we, you know, like I said, we, we had a dip in enrollment and it was a pretty decent one. Um, We combined all of our classes, not all into one, but every class now is combined. And uh, we had to let a few teachers go. I think we let three teachers go, so it it really was a big and and to put that into perspective, we only had ten to start with. So, you know, it was a big big change for us. And last year, um, there was a lot of negativity in our building. It was the just the the general feel was really. Uh, negative and i don't know why i don't know if it was something that i did i don't know if they didn't feel support i don't know what it was but it was just tough and Mm -hmm. i feel like it has completely turned around completely it's everybody's happy they're positive and even though they're all teaching split classes and they're teaching you know they've they've got this huge extra burden it's amazing it's been amazing and you know we I mean we started the school year with a lot of team building activities which part of this the struggle that I the feedback that I got from our building was that the elementary and the middle school really didn't get a lot of chance to work together because Mm -hmm. there's never a point that they see each other their lunches when when the middle school lunch ends and the elementary lunch begins that's the only time during the day that they see each other so you know, they they never have a chance to interact other than doing reading buddies, but that's one on one. So we did an office scavenger hunt, and that was kind of fun. And, And I paired them up elementary and middle so that, you know, they had to work with one another. And, and it seems to have really kind of, you know, we did other things other than that. But Melinda Miller put on her Facebook just before school started, I was looking for a theme, and I couldn't figure out, you know, what a really good one was for this kind of a change. And um, and Melinda Miller had put up that they gave all of their teachers these little poker chips and on one side of it it had the W for their um, I think it's for their district I don't know if they had the individual school names on there But they had a logo on one side and on the other side it said all in and for a poker chip. That makes sense, right? Right I thought, that is a really good theme because you know what if we don't go all in this year we're going down, you know, that's, right. it's, it's, this is it, you know, there's no other, we, we've we hit this kind of pruning stage, which is nice. So now we can build from here, but we have to build. And the only way to do that is to go all in.
2: Well, I think sometimes, um, and I just was listening to another podcast where they were talking about like, you know, when, when different things happen, it actually like brings people together more. So, you know, losing, you know, a significant portion of your staff ha- yeah. uh, facing, Um, you know, enrollment issues or like in our case, like I feel like, you know, the constant, you know, um, assessment results, you know, I think sometimes what that can do uh, is is bring people together. And it sounds like that's kind of what you were going off of. But was it was that your second year last year?
1: Yeah, this is the start of my third year.
2: Yeah. So I also think you had the sophomore slump or the dip. I haven't read that book, but I think I, I really want to. I think I Kind of get the the concept of it though. Yeah. Like you, know, you start something out, and you know there's a dip, um, and you gotta you know sort of own that. But um, yeah, isn't that cool though? Because you, it, just like anything else, um, you can start new. Right. And I think it sounds like what you did.
1: That's exactly what it feels like. And you know, my this is one of the situations where my PLN was huge because I reached out to people and I said, okay, we're going from single grade classrooms to multi age classrooms, and and my community, some of them are really flipping out. They're having a struggle trying to figure out how it's going to work because we haven't done it in a very long time. So I reached out, and the response that I received was huge. I had people wow. send me the letters that they send back to their to their um, their parents. I had, you know, le- people send me lesson plans of how they get things done, different ways to arrange the schedules. I had people. Um, Leah Whitford, oh my goodness, spent so much time talking to me about when she was teaching and she had taught split classroom. I mean, just an amazing response. And for me, that made me feel so much better and gave me so much more confidence so that when I reached out to my families, I had, you know, this this whole group of people behind me who had this experience that I could share.
2: Yeah. and And then you can reference actual people, actual places. And I think that's, I mean, we can continue to hammer this home, you know, and that's, you know, that's the beauty of of social media to be able to, you know, at a moment's notice, dip into the um, plethora of information that's out there, you know, the fire hydrant of information that's out there. And then be able to say, well, yeah, I mean, this is where I got this idea. A lot of this is based in research, but not only that, but I have a school in, you know, Wisconsin that's doing it, California, you know, New Jersey and I have someone down in Texas that I actually could we could Skype in to talk about. Like when you put it like that, right. <laughs> I mean like that's exactly what
1: they told that what I told them. Right. And it's, like, it's almost like at that point it's it's almost hard to say no. You know, I had I had I had principals and teachers who told me that they would Skype into my to my teachers and help them, that they would be resources for them throughout the year, that they would mentor right. my teachers on how to teach multi-age classrooms. That is huge. You yeah, know, and so when huge. I went to this all school meeting, it was like, you know, here's here's what's happening. I've seen it work. These people say that it's, you know, the best thing in education ever, which I'm starting to see as well. I think multi-age classrooms are phenomenal. But yeah, let's,
2: yeah, let's, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so, sure. So, so share with me like, or share with us, what, what did you do and what does it look like?
1: Okay. So we had a pre-K, we had a classroom for every sub or every grade level. So we had pre-K and then K through eight. And in the middle school, we had a teacher for social studies, science, ELA and math. And so this, the, Kids moved with their grade levels in the middle school five through eight. We considered our fifth graders middle school because the fifth grade teacher is also the math teacher. Mm-hmm. So they move around too, but they moved as a class to their different um to their different classrooms. And then, you know, it just it worked out. So they throughout the day they have eight periods a day, one of them's religion, and then the rest of them they get everything done that they need to get done. So now we have a pre-K class. We have a kindergarten class. We have a one-two split, which has 18 students in it.
2: So like, because um, I'm a little slow and it's in the morning. So like say <laughs> say, like nine of them are first graders and yep. nine of them are second yeah. graders.
1: So my, my second grade or my first and second grade class, my kids, my own children are in that class, both of them together. Right. And my son is a first grader and he has, there are seven of them. And then, uh, actually, now there are eight of them, and then there are no. There are seven first graders, and there are eleven second graders. And so, what happens is they do a lot of the same work, but right. in different levels. So it's differentiated. And she was fantastic. Yes, the teacher was fantastic, too. differentiating in that class. In this, she was the first grade teacher last year, and my daughter was in that class. So, so you know, I, I firsthand saw it. I mean, she was phenomenal. First-year teacher, first-year teacher, phenomenal with these kids. The kids were reading at in fourth-grade grade levels by the end of the year. I mean, wow. phenomenal how how great she was and is. And so now, what? but the cool thing is we have a one-two split, and then we have a three-four split. And in the elementary, they have found that in the state of Michigan, the first and third grade for – science, and the second and fourth grade cover the same topics, just at different lengths. So they're dividing the kids up, they're taking the third graders and putting them with the first graders, and the second graders with the fourth graders, so that they're only teaching one subject, but they're teaching it to two different groups. And so the Mm -hmm. older kids are learning it where they're supposed to be, and the younger kids are getting a taste of it before they even get there. So now when they get there, they may know what's happening, you know, and then you can push it further. For their reading groups, they've, they've leveled them all, every kid, first through fourth grade. And they've put them into groups. There are eight reading groups just in the first and second grade. Eight. And so they've now put them, they've made the old second grade room a literacy room, and they're dividing the kids between the two teachers. So the third, fourth grade teacher is taking the higher kids when they're doing their reading groups, they use the middle room for centers, for literacy centers, and then the lower kids are going with the first and second grade teacher.
2: All right, so you you need to be documenting this because this is really good. Because there's a lot of people having this discussion. I mean, believe me, it's an age-old thing. You know, when you you have low enrollment, I mean, the one-room schoolhouse, I mean, there there was all kinds of things going on. It was way differentiated before that word even existed in education, so. But I think um, there are a lot of people who ask these questions. In fact, we had a leadership team meeting yesterday, and we talked about, you know, just you know, different things like grades and you know, rubrics and and the, the sort of the archaic way of saying like you know, you're in first grade because you are you know you were born on this day. That's right
1: because and, you're you know, seven, or you're now yeah. you're you're six.
2: And I think what what you're going to be able to do there is like right right on like you guys are doing it like. That's so cool. Like you you have eight different reading groups. So you've given them, you know, some sort of screening or lexile, I'm sure. Right. And then so so they're they're grouped that you're breaking down walls, but it's so funny because like probably going into this year, that's not what you were thinking. It was uh, a matter of, okay, so we have a problem, we have to solve it.
1: Right, right. And the teachers came up with all of this on their own. They came up with me and said, you know, would it be okay if we did this? I mean all in all of these different reading groups like they all have different spelling lists. They're all doing right. different center. I mean we're talking like but they the my like I said my first year first grade teacher last year came up to me this summer and she was like, you know, the third grade teacher and I were talking or the 3 4 teacher and I were talking and um you know we saw that that in the science curriculum, you know, these things are similar. Would it be okay with you if we grouped them that way and taught? And I was like oh my of course of course absolutely it makes a ton of sense go ahead and do it and then they were like we'd like to group the reading groups together because we had I mean they were doing parts of this last year our kindergarten teacher last year my son was in the kindergarten class and there was a student in that class who was reading at a second grade reading level so they sent him to the second grade room for reading Wow! they're already doing it so this kind of this almost made it easier for them to teach the way that they're teaching if it You know, it sounds crazy, but the way that it worked out, they were doing it anyway. This just kind of made it open.
2: Yeah, and I think the implications for this are, you know, like I I could see right now, like if I was in a rural school and you know, in a a certain part of the area or the country where I didn't have a big enrollment, and I could look at a at a model like this, right? A scary bit to the parents, you know. Right. (laughs) I think um, you know, like, privates and you know, uh, and Catholic schools have a, a great ability to to look at kids very individualized yes. and, and pr- provide this. Um, but I think even in the public school, um, I think we would benefit more from taking a shift in this direction. Just because, even at the elementary level, what all, everything I've heard you say has really been about kids it hasn't been about ages and uh subjects like i do this and i do like it's it's like okay so what can we do for the kids that we have right now because next year it'll be different kids that's right they'll be at different levels you know so different kids so now when you're looking at this and i granted you're only eight eight days in and I mean, I'm curious to see how this, this goes, you know, later on, but like when you're, um, you know, when you, when you're doing your, your walkthroughs and your, your, you know, observations and evaluations, like what are some things that you feel like you're going to be looking at this year based off of this new model?
1: That's been something that I am really trying (laughs) to, to put into perspective for me because it is hard, you know, now when I walk into the first and second grade classroom, it's a completely different place. And, and a lot of, you know, this is a struggle that I didn't put together. Like I said, my kids are both in that class. And oddly enough, there are two sets of siblings. The siblings are not an issue at all in the class. They're all doing yeah. great. Even though there's 18 kids, they're doing fantastically. They kind of leave each other alone. And she's got them sitting so that there are first graders and second graders at every table. So the second graders are mentoring and you know it's really great the one thing that i didn't put together for the kindergartners especially now going now first graders is they were um, they were in a classroom where there were seven kids last year and so there were five boys and two girls and that's all they had in their room now they're in a room with 18 kids they have desks They have, you know, they don't have their cubbies anymore. They're in a different room anyway, but now there are so many more people. It's louder. It's um, more crowded. There's more Mm -hmm. going on. And they are, and they don't have naps now. There's no naps for first grade. So they are losing their minds. I mean, by the end of the day, they are really, my son has been a number one, but they are really struggling. And so that's kind of a, that was something that I didn't think about, but that, You know the teachers now the teacher now knows that next year when this you know when we move them up that's something we have to look at because the kindergartners are going to come in and they're they're going to be you know out of their minds for a little bit but as so and that was part of the the reason i thought of that was because that's part of going into these classrooms you know you're seeing at this point in the elementary especially the first and second grade there's what looks like a lot of chaos happening because they're still trying to find their way and their routine. Um, but you're looking for you're looking for number one, making sure it's still the same way. You need to make sure that the standards are being taught, that the kids are working in groups, that the um, you know the teacher is not only teaching them but but getting them to work together, and that the students know what they're expected to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is in a multi age classroom that's really important because they're doing a lot more individually and so if they're not aware of what they're supposed to be doing a whole lot of nothing is going to get done
2: so wow. so you know, and when you were looking at your resources though I mean I, I'm gonna I'm trying to be funny is like it's like no. there a hashtag like uh, like where, where, do you, where did you find information on multi-age you said you reached out to PLN I did
1: I literally yeah. I tagged principal PLN And I just sent out the tweet and then I contacted a few of my friends who are on Facebook that I know teach multi-age classrooms and I put it in our Voxer groups. And I said, listen, this is, you know, this is what I'm up against this year who who can help me (laughs) because I just don't know, you know, I don't know what to do. And the middle school was the middle school was way more difficult because we had to have a teacher for every subject. And in Michigan, you're certified K six or K eight, and K six is self-contained. So we had to have someone who is certified K eight in that subject area. And we luckily one of my teachers is certified science and social studies. So that helped, but they're combined in homerooms fifth and sixth grade and seventh and eighth grade. And they're combining their homerooms and then their religion classes, and then they're combining in different ways most of their classes are separate in the middle school they have a study hall now at the end of the day to ask questions and kind of clarify things but i think the only classes that are combined are like 6 7 ela 6 7 math 5 and 6 science and f- and 7 and 8 science and so what we've decided to do with the science classes which i learned close to us that does multi age classrooms is they're teaching on two-year cycles in the okay. religion classes and in the science classes. So the sixth graders who are in the five, six science have already learned fifth grade science because they learned it last year. So now this year's fifth and sixth graders will learn sixth grade science. And the seventh and eighth graders will learn eighth grade science. Okay. And next year, when they move up, they will learn the opposite one. So within two years, they will learn the two because they don't build upon each other. So you don't need, you know, they're different concepts. So they don't really need to be in order per se. There are things that we can pull from it if we need it. But that that seemed to be a, a an, and it was an easy fix that that calmed a lot of nerves with the teachers because a lot of the struggle was, how am I going to teach two different science classes in you know 42 minutes right so you know
2: it it, i don't know i mean i i think that you're like in many ways breaking down some walls and looking at some some really cool things and i i was over in our today's meet um principal pln 62 uh, for today's meet and um, just so many different really cool you know, comments about things that you're doing, like these groups are going to enable kids to learn at their own pace with others at their own level. Um, you know, there was somebody uh, Natasha who's worked in a numeracy and literacy hour school. And when the bell rang kids went to their appropriate age group based on their abilities, that was in England. So, uh, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I really think that, um, you know, this has, this has a lot of potential. And then when you look at like, so you take it a step further, you you explore this, you know, for a year and then you, you almost like, you know, if it's successful and you get a lot of good feedback, you know, is that like sort of a brand when you're recruiting? Cause I know you always have to be recruiting, um, you know, kids and parents. Is that like something that maybe makes you a little bit different than others? Yeah.
1: Well, and we talked about that too, because you know, the, the whole thing was we're, when we first started this, you know we said we're going to do this until we get our enrollment back up and we can split the kids back again but you know i don't i don't know if that's really what we want to do anymore and and of right. course we're only 8 <laughs> yeah. days in you know yeah. you know we're, we are only 8 days in so to make to make that decision now would be ridiculous obviously right and we need right. to do it for at least one more year to complete the cycles that you know that we've started these two year cycles so You know at least one more year but but a lot of a lot of our parents that are here are actually really excited about it and so they're like you know this is a great way to recruit because because you know it i mean it's true my my five-year-old my you know my son will be six next week and he's in kindergarten with some kids who now are seven but he's learning at a different pace not not because he's five Right. But because he just learns right. differently than the other five year olds who are in there. So for people who understand and and are open minded about it's a huge thing. So now the conversation is, well, if we get more kids, do we have two split classrooms? You know, do we do we have two first second splits? Do we do, you know, do we what do we do? It's like yeah. it's you know, now it's a it's a whole different thing. And we kept saying, well, if we just get more kids, we can put it back the way it was. But I don't know, that's what I want to do. So yeah, it's exciting, yeah. you know, it's yeah, exciting. Really and for amazing. that to be, for, you know, for, for this to be, I mean, you guys have all been been with me through this summer, you know, being worried about what's happening. And for, right. for it to be, for it to turn this much around and be so exciting and positive is really, is awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy. That's,
2: that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, yeah. I, I, I really think we should sort of, you know, talk about this in terms of, you know, this podcast being really about like, how do you get, you know, multi-age classrooms started, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, really cool. So we have to certainly revisit this and we'll be following that along the way. Um, for the sake of time, cause we're trying to keep our uh, yep. podcast to uh, a certain time. Um, thanks so much for sharing all that. That was really cool. Um, I think uh, we have some really cool news that's going on. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, talking with some of our, our authors and, and people we focused on because our book just came out, um, Breaking Out of Isolation, Becoming a Connected School Leader. And uh, so the next couple of podcasts, will be certainly talking a lot about that. Um, super excited. How did you feel when you got that?
1: <laughs> it, you know what? I get everything way after you guys do. And so I was not, you know, Ariel sent us the message and said it should be coming to you. And I was not expecting it until, you know, at least a couple days after you guys got yours. So when I went to my mailbox and saw that in there, I looked at my kids and I was like, it's my book (laughs) and and (laughs) we're all excited and we came inside and my five-year-old grabbed the envelope and he said I'll help you open it (laughs) and he was Uh he was like ripping the envelope I said okay well you have to be careful (laughs) just relax and we opened it and it was like I sent it to everybody I could and you know I sent Mm -hmm. it to my mom and dad Mm -hmm. and and you know Uh I mean it was so exciting my husband came home and he was all excited and it's you know it's just it's it's super cool to see to just see it be real. You know, it's in my hand. Right. I can see it. I can flip through it. We were getting PDF proofs and we saw the picture of the cover, and that's all really exciting. But until you can hold it in your hand and just flip through it, it I mean, it's a feeling like nothing else. And I, I don't know if I was more excited to get, I, I almost feel like I was more excited to get your book last year because it, was, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, but I was like, I was so excited when I got a copy of your book because I was one of the spotlights in it. And I was right. like, my name is in this book. Look at my name. <laughs> this yeah. book. You know, now it's so, on a different page. It's it on the is front a different page. level. That's right now it's on the front. And my husband said, <laughs> My husband goes, So we were we were getting ready to go to sleep and He looked at it and he goes, you know, if you would have married somebody whose last name was an A or a B, you would have been right at the top of this. <laughs> you would have <laughs> like thanks for Yeah, that. I think I
2: I I definitely think I've been more excited about this because I know I know how difficult it was to do just even the whole process but I will get all into that because yeah. we've never all met together and it's not like we sit around you know at Starbucks <laughs> and talk about this stuff it's all through yeah. you know Google Docs and podcasting and boxing and stuff so it is really interesting you know when you see that come through um yeah, super, super excited. So the next couple of podcasts, we will be uh, dedicating to uh, breaking out of isolation. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to have some of the people on that have been so gracious to share their stories with us. So um, this was great today, Teresa, bright and early. We're ready to go. Labor Day weekend. We got our first podcast in. I think it's going to be an awesome weekend. I think so as you too. Can, as long as you can get your your air conditioning. Back. <laughs> as long
1: as our air conditioning can can be fixed. I'm sitting here with the window open, and I'm thinking how long that's gonna last. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. So thanks everybody for joining us, and thank you for the people in the today's meet. It was a great. I love having that back channel. Um.
2: Yeah. yeah really, really cool. So, uh, as always, you know, follow us on uh, Principal PLN. Um, follow the hashtag, and uh, we have our blog, PrincipalPLN.com. So check us out, and thanks again for all your support.
1: And with that, Principal PLN out. Thanks for sharing in the learning with us today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and continue the conversation by joining the Boxer Group. Links can be found at PrincipalPLN.com.